Yeah, shout out to all of you who came up to me in Oxford on Saturday and told me that you were an Inner Circle member. There were quite a few of you, and that was really, really cool to experience. Painter, I was checking into my hotel, and I'm not going to say who it is uh, on the air, but uh, I was checking into my hotel, and somebody there uh, was someone who listens to the podcast and is a, uh, a father of a former uh, fraternity brother of yours. And uh, they said that they wouldn't hold that against me <laughs> while I was checking in. <laughs> I think that's yeah. fair, depending on yeah. who it was. Yeah, I don't want to dox them on the air, but uh, um, uh, really, really kind. A uh, number of you, you know, uh, walked into uh, walked into Ajax at, uh, at in, in Oxford, um, which if you've never been, it's like really, really good um, southern food. And like, I'm not kidding. It, there were only like two tables in the whole place that didn't have Auburn fans in it. I mean, Auburn fans straight up invaded. There were thousands and thousands of y'all. And I, I wanted to go to kind of experience it and kind of see see that. You know, Tuscaloosa was one thing on Tuesday night, but then seeing that on Saturday was was wild. Painter, I don't know how it came through on TV. I don't know if it was it was it was it like the was it like the game against Alabama in terms of noise. Man, if it wasn't fifty fifty crowd wise, I, I think the I think the noise definitely got it, and maybe even a little more in some spots. It came across. It was awesome, and I would second your point. Like you would expect a successful Auburn team to travel well at Alabama. I think it is starting to get into new or at least different territory. Yeah, I mean, I think for those of y'all who are in Birmingham, um, it's a little closer. Um, if you're coming from Auburn, that's a, that's a hike. Um, I'm we're recording this on Sunday morning. Uh, it's snowing here, and I know it's snowing down in Auburn right now too. Um, you know, Auburn Auburn's team hustled to to get back last night. Uh, they they did the uh, post game um, press conference from the bus, which was a new new thing that I've never experienced before. And, and, it, and it, they pulled it off really well. I thought, um, you know, I, I talk about how much I hate zoom, but, uh, not, not possible without that technology. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy because the more you think about it, the more it makes sense. Um, it's just a different way. It's kind of have to rewire in your brain, um, for Auburn basketball, right? You know, Auburn football, you know, thousands of road fans pretty much every game. doesn't matter where they are. It doesn't matter how good they are. That's been kind of, you know, that's what you get as a, as a reputation when you are, um, you know, a team of, of Auburn's caliber as a program uh, in football. Um, basketball, they have not been that uh, in, a, in a very long time. Um, and, I mean, I don't know what the road crowds were like uh, in the late nineties, uh, somebody else could, could, could help me out that because my only experience with those teams back then were, were going to beardies myself, uh, as a kid, this team has a chance to be number one in the country. This team, this team has a chance to be a number one seed in the NCAA tournament. This team is in the driver's seat for the SEC title right now. This team is arguably the best one they've ever had. And so Auburn basketball getting to a point where you can go into another arena in the SEC and make it so that it is very obvious there are a ton of Auburn fans in the building. That says a lot about where the program is, um, and and it it's a team that absolutely deserves it. You know, and, and uh, it's, past teams got good road support from Auburn, but I think people are recognizing and realizing now 
Auburn is in a position to do something that they've rarely ever done. And if they get to number one on Monday that they've never done before, you know, we've joked about it and said it a few times on here, Painter, but like it's easier to get tickets to the Auburn Ole Miss game in Ole Miss than it is to watch an Auburn game in Auburn Arena. I mean, I think it was this very podcast that called this the best team in the world. <laughs> yes, you did. You did say that. And, and, and watching the game Saturday night, that second half Auburn put together. Look, I, I, I know what Gonzaga looks like right now. I, I know their offense is like they play two, the two toughest teams they'll probably play this season in the West Coast Conference. You know, with the exception of maybe. Um, San Francisco, um, yeah, they, they play San Francisco and St. Mary's late. So they play two of the four best teams they're going to play in the West Coast. Uh, I should correct myself. Um, and they scored 110 to 115 on them, BYU and Santa Clara. Uh, by the way, San Francisco, Todd Golden, former Auburn assistant, doing work out there. Um, they The ratings still love them. The computers still love them because they are throwing teams into – uh, a trash compactor on offense, like they they, uh, you know they they're just they're just ripping through everybody, um, but they've got two losses and and one of them was to an Alabama team and in, in what was basically a home game in Seattle, um, to an Auburn team that beat Alabama earlier this week. Uh, by the way, Bama losing to Mississippi State on the road was something I didn't see coming either, um. I wonder how much that'll impact Auburn in the eyes of the pollsters. But this is a team that has the best quad one and quad two uh, record in college basketball. Um, no other elite team in the country right now has just one loss. I mean, there's only three one-loss teams in college basketball at this point, right? Auburn is in a spot where it's them, Arizona, and Colorado State are the only one-loss teams in the country now with Baylor taking another loss on Saturday. Um and I don't think Arizona's in a position to, to make that jump uh, in the polls. Um, you know, they, they have one of the toughest strengths to schedule. They have one of the best um, or the best uh, uh, strength of resume that you'll find anywhere. This Auburn team is, is you know, it's not a stretch even in the slightest to call them the best in the country. And I think when they played, the way they played that second half against Ole Miss – on Saturday night, kind of showed it too. I mean, they were awesome on offense, stifling on defense, and they had some of everything. And and, and so much this week in college basketball, when teams that are really really good lost away from home, you know, there were some there were some road losses. I mean, home losses. Um, they just showed like they showed that will again to just fight through whatever came their way, to the point where. I mean, I don't know where I don't know where you you sat for, for during this painter, but they were down by fourteen in the first half, and I don't think anybody panicked. Uh, and I on the floor, I don't even think much of the crowd did either at Auburn. They were just kind of stunned into you know silence a little bit because you know it was Ole Miss was playing this just ridiculous uh, first half of basketball, but. Uh, Never saw any sort of of panic, and I think a lot there's just a lot of belief both internally and externally that like Auburn was going to figure it out and, and win this game. I think there's always that moment of like, oh, can Ole Miss keep doing this? But that is where I was like, okay, there are going to be moments 
in which Auburn can get back to the game when they were down by double digits. It's like this Ole Miss team may keep playing great, but no way they shoot at this clip for 40 minutes, which means your talent and your depth at some point is going to give you a window. And it did, and it did, and it got it. And we're gonna we're gonna talk about it a lot here to start uh, start the show. It'll be the vast majority of the show. It sounded down the stretch like an Auburn home game. Not quite as loud because there just weren't as many Auburn fans. Shout out to the Pavilion, by the way. Very nice venue. It, it's basically Auburn Arena, um, just with um, an attached parking garage and um, a raising canes in the corner and a steak and shake, but I don't really like to talk about steak and shake. I'm not a, not a fan. It, it was pretty remarkable to see. It kind of felt like a coronation almost for Auburn that, you know, they, 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 they fight through one more road test, uh, one more comeback. Um, keep in mind also, this is supposed to be the toughest week of the season for Auburn. You play at Alabama and you played an old Miss team that, historically is your biggest thorn in your side and where many teams would have faltered and many teams did um, come up short this week in college basketball, Auburn powered through and got two huge wins that puts them on the doorstep of history. Are they going to get there? Uh, You know, I don't really know. I think, I think they should. And this is not even just like bias of who I cover. I mean, I'm also somebody who grew up and and still likes watching Gonzaga play basketball. They've got a they, they they've put themselves in the best position. They the '99 team never got there, but this team just it just it feels like there's a step up. We said it headed into the season. Painters had a chance to be the one of the best teams, if not the best team Auburn has ever put on the floor, and we're about at the halfway point of the season. They've already shown it. Yeah, I mean, there's not like this thing with the AP poll that I find it to be all that important. I think Bruce Pearl said something along the lines, though, that it is historic for Auburn. So in that way, I don't want to downplay it because it's not something that Auburn is doing very often. On the other hand, I think it's a reminder that it is just a number next to a name, as has been pointed out here. It cuts both ways for me. I, I certainly can appreciate for someone like Bruce Pearl, who took over one of the worst programs in the conference, how getting to a number one ranking symbolizes right. a, a sort of a rival. Yeah, you know, it, it, it does. And Bruce, I mean, his full, his full quote on that, he said, it's historic and it does matter. And it does mean something, you know, that'll be a proud moment for Auburn period, our university and our athletic department. Now I understand that it doesn't mean much right now, but it still makes a very strong statement. Yeah. That's a good way to look at it. 100%. Like there's a lot of season left. Yeah, it's a milestone more than a a resume tool, I guess. Because like the people who pick who's the number one team in college basketball, you know, in the AP poll, aren't the people who are, pick, who are picking the NCAA tournament field. It's just that that's that's you know, it's two completely different things. Um, but it, it it does it is going to mean a lot whether Auburn gets that now or potentially later in the year. Uh, I think it'll be quite the challenge to get up to number one um, if they don't get it this week just because of, uh, of what's coming up uh, you know, for Auburn here shortly. But, yeah, it's it's a team that uh, – it's a team and a, and a fan base that I think are um, playing at a different level right now. For those of you who made the journey to Oxford on, on Saturday and, and helped take over the pavilion, 
you, you brought your A game, and I think Auburn did as well. Loved it. Coming to you here from a snowy Oxford, Mississippi. Painter Sharpless in parts unknown. Hello, Painter. What's going on? Painter, uh, Saturday had to be a pretty good day for you. Saturday night had to be a pretty good one for you. Uh, Not only did Auburn win uh, away from home against Ole Miss, and uh, we will talk about that here shortly, but um, you, uh, you got to watch your beloved Buffalo Bills play the perfect football game. Um, never stopped, uh, never forced to kick a field goal against Bill Belichick's New England Patriots in a playoff game. It was, yeah, I mean, it was central. Uh, right now, what's the old cliche, you know, playing your best ball at the right time. Yeah, yeah, the Bills, the Bills have got it, man. They they look they look scary. And, and I think the worst part about that, I think if you're anybody connected to the Patriots, especially people who played for the Patriots, is that, you got your tail kick like that in like free, like mm. below freezing weather, like single digit temps. <laughs> I think those, you. I think those Bills fans were just absolutely in a zen-like state in that, in that weather. It had been a long time since they'd won a playoff game, uh, like that. I mean, they're just all the elements between the weather, who the opponent was, how how well they played. Good juju right now. We love to see it. We love to see it. But we're here to talk about the Auburn Basketball Tigers and their victory over the Ole Miss Rebels, 80-71. to 71. It wasn't always that way. Um, Auburn was down 14 at one point in the first half. And one of the most remarkable halves of basketball I have ever watched, um, Ole Miss – played night over 19 minutes without a foul or a turnover. And we had been talking about, uh, you know, like, Hey, it'd be great if, uh, if we got to see a college basketball game where they didn't call as many fouls. And it's like, all right, <laughs> it's okay. Here's what you wanted. Um, it was really free flowing and credit goes to Ole Miss, man. They played really, really hard, um, from the jump on both ends of the floor. They took care of the ball. They were working, their offense quite well and hitting shots, hitting shots they hadn't really made all year. It kind of felt like that South Carolina game uh, that we kind of compared this one to heading into it, where it's like, okay, well, if, if Ole Miss hits some shots that they usually don't hit, you know, they'll be able to hang around in this game. And, and not only did they hang around in this game, they, they played excellent, excellent basketball. And until the final minute of the first half, it was just like whatever Ole Miss wanted, they were getting. And – Rare to see that happen against an Auburn defense, and it you know it, it sorted itself out definitely in the second half. But I mean, that first half was just I mean Auburn. You talk about co- overcoming you know a, a slow start or not playing as well early on. Offensively, they were fine. They scored thirty eight points, um, shot over fifty percent from the field. Didn't really turn the ball over much didn't go to the free throw line and still and still uh much and still you know put the, that many points on the board you'll live with that offense it was just the defense it was nothing Auburn was trying was even working against Ole Miss and 
Painter, I, I'll uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm, I'm I did see it online and I saw it, it saw it, you know, from from some people kind of in the stands. It's like it's this like old familiar feeling for Auburn fans. They're like, Dad, Gummit, it's Ole Miss again. It's Kermit Davis again. Right. Like, of course these guys are doing this. But even then, this was just different than like mm-hmm. than like they've ever done. This was like mega Ole Miss against Bruce Pearl. So I think that there was a contingent of Auburn fans like me that were thinking, all right, there's going to be plenty of opportunity to get back into this game. But I do think that there was a sliver of the more cynical and I understand it less optimistic side because plenty of reason for that as an Auburn fan, especially against this Ole Miss team, where you go, maybe they will just shoot 60% all night. Maybe it's just (laughs) destiny for us to have one of the best teams Auburn's program has ever had and still get tripped up by Ole Miss. I will say we are going to catch the best games oh, yeah. the rest of the way from everyone yep. we play. Yep. yep. And when you, you combine that, some of those games, you know, what do we have left? 14, 13 games left now in conference mm-hmm. play. Like a couple of those along the 13, way will, yeah. will be the best effort that those teams play all night. Plus they'll just have a good shooting night, which means you're going to have to counter it. Yeah, it, it was, it was a really good start from Ole Miss. Obviously. I mean, they played, nearly flawless basketball should they have been called for a foul and sometimes sure but i mean I th- again leaning towards the not as many foul calls to too many foul calls i think you'll based take on that what exchange. we saw the last couple of games this was a vast improvement right and i think if your team is the one that's deeper and more talented you're gonna you're gonna live with that right you're you're going to live with okay they're not calling as many fouls yeah a little easier to shrug it off when you've got jabari smith and walker kessler so Auburn's down in the teens, and then down the stretch in the first half, uh, the final minute or so, is this crazy sequence happens. Uh, Alan Flanagan hits a tough shot. Kessler gets a steal. Walker Kessler gets a steal. And they run a pick and roll, lobs it, uh, you know, green to Kessler, lob, dunk. There were so many of those in the game. Uh, Katie Johnson gets a steal. Um draws a foul, he gets a steal, uh, and then draws another foul as time expires, uh, goes three for four from the line. So after this first half where it felt like Ole Miss could do absolutely nothing wrong, Auburn's only down by six. And if that's not a sign that this team is just different and this team is so special, I think that, you know, the win is one thing. But the fact that you played a team that barely turned the ball over and barely committed any fouls until literally right before halftime and hit so many shots that were out of norm and then were 50% from deep. All that happened, you're down six on the road? That is the sign that you just like – it had to have been frustrating for Ole Miss to go into that locker room and just be like, man, we did all of that and we're only up by six? We're only up by six against this team? And in the back of their heads, they must be going, man, we don't have the same level of depth as them. Like, we got to keep no. doing this for 20 minutes. Yeah, and, and and you know, Deshaun Ruffin, former Auburn commitment, it's easy to see why, as I tweeted during the game, but easy to see why Auburn recruited him. He, he looks like another Bruce Pearl guard, uh, short, fearless, um, you know, really good offensive player especially. Deshaun Ruffin and Matthew Morrell, their backcourt, with all the injuries that Ole Miss has right now um, – they played every second of the second half. They played all 20 minutes of the second half. And that wore down on them. Wore down on them hard. And Auburn played a tighter rotation than normal. Only nine players played. You had no uh, Chris Moore. You had no Leor Berman in this game. No Stretch Akinbole either. 
those guys didn't make any even any brief cameo appearances. There were there was a stretch where Devin Cambridge had to come back into the game and play you know played the two uh, with uh, with Alan Flanagan, a lineup that didn't necessarily work because Ole Miss was hitting everything. But interesting to see that moving forward. I'll be I'll be curious to know how that you know kind of shakes out. But Bruce said it after the game: it's the depth and the defense that wins it for Auburn. This Auburn team that had gotten torched in the first half by an Ole Miss offense that. The other thing too is like I don't know how, how what you felt about this, Manor, but watching Ole Miss play in the first half, it wasn't that you know they were hitting everything and they were wide open. I mean, they were hitting some tough shots and they were hitting some shots that weren't necessarily the most beautiful in terms of selection, and they were just going in anyway. Kind of veering back into something you mentioned a moment ago with Katie Johnson's defense at the end of that first half. I think there will be games and moments throughout the remainder of conference play where I roll my eyes at some of KD. Uh, but you talk about living with any of the bad he might give you here or there. Oh. He makes up for it in so many different ways. Energy, that defense. It seems like he wants the ball in his hands late in games getting you a bucket at times when you can't seem to buy one. I mean, like you said, he helped in almost single-handedly, not completely, but in a large way, he helped flip the momentum of the entire first half on its head, giving Auburn a little bit of a glimmer going into halftime. We're like, all right, this wasn't exactly our best effort or our best night, and we're right there. We're a couple baskets away. Yeah, Katie is at this point right now where, I mean, I've I've been to a number of – NBA games before as a fan and watched and covered a couple of them when I was when I was interning in Charlotte. But you know, if you've ever watched you know high level guards play, um, especially ones that can write like the two that come to mind for me were peak like prime John Wall and prime Russell Westbrook, where when they get in the open floor, it just looks like they're moving at a different speed than everybody else. Like everybody else on the floor is burning. And Auburn's got a ton of great athletes, but like Katie has this like this extra boost of speed when he knows he has an opportunity to go make something happen in the open floor. Um, and he had a couple of really good finishes off of that on the fast break in this game. He he just he just turns on the Jets, man, and it's it's wild to watch him when he's in the zone. And uh, I mean, he had a, he had a great game in this one. Um, you know, he hit three threes. He did have one finish. All right, okay, so I was right. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, he had a couple of really good finishes in traffic. He had that one really good one uh, in traffic and then drew a couple fouls on the other ones. Um, but three steals for him. He was a plus 17 in a, ni- a nine-point game. KD, you know, starts the burst down the stretch and then just a relentless player, an absolutely relentless player in that, you know, he's – you know what you're getting from him defensively. Um Wendell Green has been great defensively this year. Sepp Jasper continues just to be an absolute nightmare to 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 watch uh, him defend somebody. Like he, the I don't know if I've seen a, a college player stay on somebody's hip better than he can. And Auburn's guards were 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 unbelievable in this game. Uh, we'll talk about Walker here shortly, but because he had an unreal stat line. But you know. Uh, Wendell Green, Zepp, Jasper, and Katie Johnson combined for 36 points, seven three-pointers, nine rebounds, 12 assists, five steals, just two turnovers. Auburn only turned the ball over six times. So, like, all that stuff that happened, right, you know, All the, the, the excellent play that Ole Miss had throughout the game, um, Auburn played really, really clean. Uh, this is the fewest turnovers they've had in games since the opener against Moorhead State. Um, 
this was this was a phenomenal, phenomenal performance from Auburn's backcourt. And while Ole Miss's guards were running themselves to death and they didn't really have any depth behind them and they were having to play heavy minutes, um, Auburn had kind of staggered that lineup to the fact that they could play the big dogs. Like the closing lineup could play really, really heavy minutes down the stretch. And we talk about having games where – you know, so many players can play well, and even if it's an off night or a quiet night uh, for for some players, it doesn't really matter. In this game, uh, the way, the threes, uh, Alan Flanagan and, and Devin Cambridge, but just both really quiet nights from them. Um, you know, didn't necessarily play, play good defense, had some good moments offensively, but uh, you know, they didn't get a whole lot out of them offensively, and it really didn't matter uh, because Auburn's guards um, played really, really well, and you see that. You see that camaraderie and you see that connection between those guys. Uh, Zep starts the game but does not play uh, as many minutes. Um, and he does, you know, he gives you so much. He was he was two or three from deep. He had a had a big three-pointer um, during Auburn's run early in the second half uh, to take the lead. Wendell Green stop and pop three to give Auburn the lead, which was which was crazy. See, he had another really deep one, um, you know, to, to, to cut uh, Ole Miss's lead in half. Uh, Auburn's guards were were absolutely key players in this game, difference makers, all three of them. Um, you know, I know KD and 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 and, and Wendell get more of the praise because of their their stat productions with you know the front court, uh, but I thought Zepp was right there with them um, in the fact that he played excellent defense and uh, he was just brutally efficient on offense. Uh, the, this guard group is. When you talk about a team that has a chance to make a lot of noise in March to win an SEC championship, to win um, potentially a tournament title, to make a run in the NCAA tournament, a lot of times you talk about guard play. You talk about having consistent, steady guard play and guys that can lead from the backcourt. Um, that's just a key that everybody says you got to have in March. These guys have got it. These guys have got it. And then, you know, <laughs> then the front court is the two most talented players, not only on the team, but two of the most talented players Auburn's ever had. Correct me if I'm wrong. Even though Flanagan did not have a great night offensively, he was out there at the end of the game playing defense. Yes, he is. He is fully part of that closing lineup right now. And that closing lineup, Wendell Green, Katie Johnson, Alan Flanagan, Jabari Smith, Walker Kessler, uh, plus nine uh, since that when they all came back in the game. A lot of those dudes played heavy minutes late. Um, and Auburn was able to do that and stay fresh because, like, they have not had to play these guys a ton. So as we get deeper into the season and the games get tighter and the rotations get a little tighter, the fact that they were only – like, the fact that Auburn had so many games where Kessler and Smith and some of these guys just played in the 20s in terms of minutes, I think it was going to go a long way for them. But, yeah, Alan Flanagan, you know, down the stretch, helping make a lot of stops for Auburn, doing his part on defense even when the offense wasn't going. And that's – you know, Devin Cambridge get, gets credit for it as well, too. I think that's the sign of a of 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 really good, mature veteran players that like, hey, I don't have to necessarily be the dude scoring to contribute a lot. And I think Zepp's another one of those guys that did it, even though you know Zepp had some had some really good offensive moments in this one. Have we talked uh, enough about the potential of this team as one that, like they really could end up back in a Final Four? I think the issue with that is always going to be that a single elimination tournament can catch you. At any point, they are uh, one of only two undefeated teams, like we've said, in the SEC. Texas A&M being the other one. A&M's got to play Kentucky and Arkansas and LSU 
here in this next their next three games. So it'll be interesting to see where that goes. But they've got an edge. LSU just took their second loss. Kentucky next Saturday is going to be a war, and that one could go, since it's their only meeting of the season, could go a long way in determining who wins the league this year. They've got pretty much everything. The weakness of this team is that sometimes they get bogged down in the half-court offense like we saw in the first half. You know, Sometimes rebounding is an issue. So, but that, I mean, some of that's just like a, you're a college basketball team. You know, it's not necessarily like these are unique things to Auburn and no one else ever experiences them. It's just Auburn's got more talent and the depth to just overcome it. We've Curious gone on. That, one... uh, Auburn moved back in Ken Palm a few spots. Yeah, and that was more to do with what other teams were doing. Like Kentucky, if you didn't see what happened Saturday, Kentucky, Ooh, Kentucky dropped 107 on a Tennessee team that headed into the game was heading into the game was like the number one or number two defense in college basketball. So like that numbers wise, that's gonna like Kentucky's gonna fly up the board when you when you when you put together a game like that. Uh, Gonzaga was always ahead of them, but like Kansas had a really good win, really good blowout win against against West Virginia. Arizona had a good win. Auburn did not get computer style points uh, in the, in this one because of some of the things that Ole Miss did in the first half. Yeah, they're only number nine in Kempom, but like the the gap between number nine and number two almost as big as the gap between number nine and number 10. Auburn has not had that style point win in a while because they've been going through the grind of the SEC. Uh, I think they might have a shot to get a style point win Wednesday night. Um, I, c- I could be wrong, though. Yeah, we are going to throttle Georgia. It's going to be the fact that Kate, The fact that Kate, you know, Nathan King pointed this out on Twitter. The fact that Katie Johnson is, is, is back to being at the peak of his powers at in time for this game. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm interested in seeing what he does personally to Tom Crean. Like, I like, like <laughs> it could be. He's going to definitely talk directly at him. We've gone on long enough in this podcast without without breaking down specifically Walker Kessler. I mean, you know it at this point if you're listening to it. But Walker Kessler, man, look what happens when a dude gets down the floor. Uh, no foul trouble for him in this game, and uh, puts together a stat line that is unlike any other. Uh, that we've seen in college basketball in a while. 20 points, 10 boards, 7 blocks, 4 steals. Um, I tweeted it uh, after the game. If you look, 5 defensive rebounds, 7 blocks, 4 steals. That's 16 stops. Uh, Auburn had 32 stops in this game. He was responsible for half of Auburn's defensive stops. And it's a team effort, obviously. you got to guard well to, to create those situations um, for elsewhere. But this man is this man is a one-man wrecking crew on defense. And he played a game where, you know, it was like, hey, Ole Miss has got some size. They've got a pretty good defense. They Backside lob, when you're not committing a man on Kessler and um, – or, or when you do, you're having to try to guard him in a, in a pick and roll situation. He's gonna he's gonna make your life look look a whole lot worse. He is he is a devastating presence um, because he's seven one and he's athletic and he's got active hands and that works so well on both offense and defense. Uh, but that 2010 seven and four line uh, since 2010 uh, since the 2010 uh, 2011 season. Um, according to CBB reference uh, and Tom Green uh, at AL.com, I'll pull this one up. 
Um, only three play. He became the third player to ever have that stat line in D one in the last decade plus. Kenny Gabriel in his, um, Kenny Gabriel in his his triple double that we've referenced already this year because Kessler had a, had that triple double against LSU uh, is one of them. Um, there was a player from LaSalle uh, that was that was on there, and then and it had been a minute. It had been a long time since Kessler got it. Um, got that third one. Uh, you don't see players usually have that many blocks and that many steals on top of the fact that they are, you know, walking double-doubles. The God-man himself. Just a reminder, there are people out here that tried to tell us that Walker Kessler was not making an impact on this Auburn team. Look, it doesn't matter. You can be wrong. I'm wrong all the time. <laughs> I just want to point out, if you're going to do it for cheap pop, I'm going to keep reminding people. Like, it's cool to be wrong. It's something I make a habit of. Like, come on. <laughs> come on, man. This guy Kessler, is a freak show. Kessler uh, still leads college basketball in block rate. Uh, block rate. He is 19.7%, which means nearly a fifth of the possessions when he is on the floor, or nearly a fifth of two-point shot attempts when he is on the floor, is getting blocked. By the way, though, Auburn continues to just swat three-point attempts like nobody's business. Um, here's the other thing that I found fascinating from this game. Katie Johnson ha- has, has a – a steal percentage this season of nearly 5%, which is 11th in college basketball. This is from Ken Pop. Wendell Green is 3%. Jabari Smith, 3%. Walker Kessler, 2.5%. Chris Moore, 2.6%. Alan Flanagan, 2%. Devin Cambridge, 2%. Dylan Cardwell, 3%. Auburn is just getting into passing lanes and going off. 16th in the country in steal percentage. Um, it's one thing to be a team that blocks more shots than anybody in the country in terms of percentage. It's another thing to like, oh, and also if we don't block your shot, we might just steal the thing off of you. And they've got so many dudes that are disruptive. And again, it's like Pearl said after the game, defense won it. We can talk about the great offensive effort from Auburn. We can talk about the big shots from the guards. We can talk about Jabari Smith. We can talk about Walker Kessler being unstoppable on those on those lob plays. Uh, we can talk about the low rate of turnovers. All those things were really, really important for the Tigers in this game. 100%. They, they were all very, very important, but defense and depth goes a long way. And even when Auburn tightened their rotation, they have they have guys on the floor that just ruin people's lives on defense. Um, KD has three steals. Walker has four steals. You know, guys, Dylan Carwell had two blocks, and he only played seven minutes. He had two blocks in this game. This is This defense is going to win them a lot of basketball games. It was doing it earlier in the season when the offense was still trying to figure it out. Now off, offense is, is clicking, and Auburn's defense is still the difference maker. Both wins this week, as, as Bruce said after the game, both games this week at Alabama, at Ole Miss, they put up good numbers on offense. But honestly, the truth is you don't win that game with that, that defensive effort. Mississippi State hit seven shots after halftime. They hit. It felt like they hit seven shots and eight attempts in the first half. Uh, you can pick out a lot of stretches where they got really, really hot. Yeah, Auburn's defense, just like its depth, is going to keep it in every game this year. Ole Miss in the second half uh, had stretches where they missed three straight shots, four straight shots, four straight shots, and three straight shots. Like they 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 went cold and they turned the ball over a lot more after halftime. A lot of credit's got to go to Kermit Davis. A lot of credit's got to go to Ole Miss. They played like their hair was on fire. You know, they played like, it's like, hey, we have a chance to beat possibly the best team in the country. Kermit Davis after the game saying, and uh, I'm going to read this quote from uh, from uh, from our guy Nick Suss. 
somebody asked him, hey, does this does this loss remind you of any other blown leads that y'all have had this season? Because Ole Miss has had a few of them. And he said, no, we played the number one team in college basketball. In those types of games, they made some really good plays down the stretch. Just give them credit. They're a talented team, a tough team, well-coached. They've got a chance to win the national championship. They played like a team that um, could, could win it all. And, and Ole Miss, you know, they come back to the arena on the 23rd. If they're healthy, they're going to be dangerous against a lot of teams. Uh, I know, I know the health. I think, I think uh, Kermit even said after the game, he's like, nobody really cares about our our injury issues. You know, no one's going to feel sorry for you. I think this is a team that, at the end of the year, if they can get healthy, at the end of the year, I think we'll look back and say, man, Auburn winning that game the way they did at Ole Miss meant a lot. It really did meant a lot. And- uh, speaking of meaning a lot, I, you know, I don't know if we'd get this from. Bruce, but I know the way he's been handled by Kermit. And really, he hadn't just had all that much success against Ole Miss since he's gotten here. I know that one was nice to get. And Kermit has been good against Bruce. And publicly, he said nice things about Auburn leading up to the game and afterward. I could tell on the sideline that he really wanted to win this one. Oh, oh man. He's a real animated dude. Him and Bruce are both very, very animated. They didn't, there wasn't a post-game handshake, and I, and I don't know why. I don't know if we ever got any clarity on that. Ole Miss, like, uh, yeah, I, horn I, went off, and everybody and everybody went to the locker room. And it was so just like, I wondered huh. the same thing. So do you, can you give us a quick breakdown there? Because on TV, it didn't look like there was a handshake, but I didn't just want to assume. No, like, the horn went off, and Ole Miss just went to the locker room. And there was a referee talking to one of, like, an assistant maybe for Ole Miss at, at midcourt. But, like, Auburn was kind of standing there looking around like, okay, where'd they go? I I have I have no idea what what happened there. I thought that was fascinating, but then I didn't hear anything about it after the game, and I didn't see anybody talk about it. So I was like, obviously, it wasn't that big of a deal. Kermit really really wanted that one. This you know you could be the team to <laughs> the first team to beat a team that uh that has a chance to win a national championship. If you're the first team to beat them in regulation, the first team to beat them in the SEC. I mean that would have been a huge huge boost. I was gonna say something else about about there was some, oh Jabari. The fact that this dude just keeps doing like it, you could set your watch to it now. Second half run from Ole Miss cuts it to four. I'm looking over. There were a couple of uh, there were a couple of, there were a few uh, kids in uh, from from the Plainsman. Uh, shout out to the Plainsman as always that were uh, that they were set up there that went to the went to the game in Oxford. I looked over when Auburn brought down the ball up before and uh, uh, shout out to Henry from the Plainsman. I, I looked over to him. I said. So where does Jabari hit this shot from? And it was like wing three. Sure enough, bang, wing three. He just keeps doing that over and over again, and it's 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 remarkable to see uh, Jabari fifteen points in this game. Not a ton of stats everywhere. That was the only three pointer he hit all game. But Painter, what have we always said about shooting threes? If you're good at them, just keep shooting them. Eventually they're going they're 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 going to work out. Eventually and he's a freshman. Out. Then he's it seems like he's relentless even when he's not having his night offensively. Yeah, he was also he was he was five of eight on two point attempts. Um, so I mean there were, he had a couple of mid range jumpers that were like I hi I will be playing in the National Basketball Association soon and you will not be. Um, it looks so smooth, brother. <laughs> he's 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 a freak show man. Like he is. When you talk about why he's potentially the number one overall pick, like I know Paolo Banchero is unreal uh, as a wing player. I know, um, you know, I, I I know what Gonzaga has in 
in Chet Holmgren. Like I, I like like you know there aren't very many guys with his with his body type and his and his his defensive acumen. But man, there might be fewer dudes. Period on the planet that are 6'10 that have that sh- that smooth of a jumper. Um, there's one really good one who who's who's even taller than 6'10. Um, and that's about it, man. Like, he has a game. Now, it'll be interesting to see how it translates to the league, but in college basketball, he is tearing it up. He is tearing it up. He looks like, you know, it's like the Jaron Jackson Jr. Com- uh, comparisons. Those are really good. But, like, he's smoother on offense at this point. Um, and I didn't watch, you know, I can't say I remember watching KD a ton at Texas. Like I, like a couple of games maybe come to mind, um, but I was young <laughs> and not in the industry. Uh, but, like, I, I've got to imagine some of these games are kind of like what he looked like when he was at Texas. So it's just a little bit of this conversation about Jabari, because, man, it's fun to have him on your team, not just because he's good, but he likes to talk. He seemingly, like, he approaches the game, I think, for someone so young with a professional mentality, I think partially because of his dad. Is he going to be a heel when he gets to the NBA? Ah, uh, you know, I, p- potentially. This is where I think he's got a lot of KD in him as well. It's KD will jaw, and KD will, you know, go after and uh, KD isn't Kevin Durant. Um, yeah, uh, maybe. Like, uh, he's got the attitude for it. Uh, and this Auburn team as a whole has got an attitude for it. When you look at Katie Johnson, when you look at Dylan Carwell, uh, when you look at Wendell, uh, quietly, very, very quietly, um, Allen and Zepp have this in them as well. Uh, yeah, this is a team full of heels. And Auburn fans love it because I think Auburn's MO as, a, as, a, as an athletic department and as an institution, period, is um, we're here to make things uh, more complicated and difficult for you. And uh, I, this team buys into that attitude. I think they buy into that Bruce Pearl mindset. We talk about Peacock. We talk about uh, we, we, we talk about the, the heel angle. But, I mean, Katie, John- Katie, Johnson, Katie Johnson got on the mic after, the, after this game and said, I expect Walker Kessler to kill every big man in the SEC. <laughs> A lot of copium from some of the Ole Miss fans. I uh, saw lots of shots at Bruce Pearl, some screenshots of message boards. Obviously, inject that into my left wrist. Um, Ole Miss, come on, y'all. Come on, y'all. Yeah, y'all, come on. A program that would never do such things. They're way above you. And it's like, who cares? They're fake rules, yada, yada, yada. We know this. Right. We know where this podcast stands on fake rules enforced. Uh, you know, however they may deem it necessary. Yeah, I'll take more cheating, please, if that's uh, what we're doing. Uh, by the way, uh, next Saturday, uh, Oscar Sheboy versus Walker Kessler. Um, oh boy, we're in Auburn Arena, baby. I know how this. Oh boy, it is going oh, to. How boy. much are those ticket prices going for now? Let's check. Let's check. I bet that those things check. are fat. I, I I can't imagine they would be. Uh, I can't imagine they would be. It's uh, a Saturday game cheap. too. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, I mean, good, like, really, there should be no single seats, people. All right. So here's the thing: or no there, open seats. I want to. All right. First off, let's talk Auburn, Georgia. You can get in to Auburn, Georgia for ninety five. It's um, about as good as it's going to get, people. Yep. And those are single tickets. If you want to go with a friend, you're going to have to pay one hundred five at least to get in to the building. Uh, Kentucky and Auburn right now, standing room only, 275. Oh, yeah, uh, if you want a seat, you have to pay at least $350 to sit down at this game. Um, 
I'm old enough to remember when you could not give away Auburn basketball tickets. Yeah, I, I'm old enough. And that to is remember. not hype, like hyperbole or sarcasm or whatever the correct term is. People were just like, I'm I old- would rather not. That's a twelve thirty game on CBS as well. Like, how early are these people going to have to show up to get in the student section? Is this oh, going to be a camp? Yeah, is this going to be a camp out situation? I think certainly you're going to have people getting there early in the wee hours of the morning. Um, yeah, I, I remember. Mean, yeah, I that's remember, a good point. Maybe there will be some people that camp out Friday night. I remember when I was a freshman. Yeah, I remember when I was a freshman. Um, and we showed up like not too, too early in advance, but for an Auburn Kentucky game, it was the Anthony Davis year. Like we sat front row and did not get there particularly early. Um, and then now at this point, it's like people are having to make tough financial decisions to go to the Auburn basketball game against Kentucky. And so, no longer living in fear that uh, that your arena was going to be bought up by by Kentucky fans, kind of like Auburn was has been buying up tickets uh, on the road this season. Uh, I know they're not at the level and the size and the scope of, of of Big Blue Nation. I mean that that comes from decades and decades of being better than everybody else and, and winning a ton of championships. But Auburn's getting to the point now where it's like Bruce said it, and he's like, our fans are traveling like Kentucky fans now, and it's like maybe not to scale at this point. Auburn's doing some things that that used to happen to Auburn, especially when Kentucky ta- came to town. Do you have much of a take about opposing fans, especially fans in a rivalry with Auburn, telling Auburn people, well, you didn't care about basketball until five years ago? I think the funny thing to me is the amount of Alabama fans this week that were like, the football. It's uh, like, yeah. it's like, there's like nothing like playing a stereotype, right? Like nothing, nothing in the world like playing a stereotype. Your team had one of the best SEC seasons ever last season uh, in basketball. Um, it, it's not going well right now, and that's surprising because I think a lot of people thought this team was going to be really, really good. And I won't uh, be surprised at all if they're playing great basketball at the end of the season. Oh, 100%. 100%. They may have some limitations in terms of their depth and their interior play, but they're still a good team even after a couple of losses. But it's like, you know, like, oh, it's like, okay, but if you say the, you know, oh, but football kind of thing is. Oh, is inject it. It's incredible. There were some Arkansas fans trying to do that about the gymnastics thing. Um, well, yeah, haven't we haven't we got the edge there in the head to head overall? It's like ah, oh, it's because your your football program's terrible. It's like brother, you are from Arkansas. You were from Arkansas. Well, also, like I'm not out here arguing that Auburn or anyone else has a better football program than Alabama. <laughs> that is not for debate. Like but there are the, other things you can ding them for, but they have got the best football program in the world. <laughs> There's just nothing we can do about it. But if your response to losing a basketball game is Nick Saban as good as good as his job, you have lost. Or Sam Pittman's doing a better job of your program, building a program right now, and it's like, oh, okay, but still, still, we just lost. beat them again. Like, right. what are we doing here, people? You know, it's it's the old Pat Dye quote. Auburn Auburn people love Auburn. It's like it, you know we've seen this. We saw this with with Auburn softball. We're seeing this. We're seeing this uh, in gymnastics, especially right now. But I think there was seeds were planted uh, years earlier. You know, we're seeing this in other spots. You know, when baseball goes on a deep run, like 
Auburn wants to desperately be great in everything. And you can't say that necessarily about every single athletic program. And you couldn't say that always about Auburn, right? And so, yes, there are some fans that are coming into it late in the game. I don't think anybody's going to be checking your checking your ID and saying, okay, did, were you here when Auburn was getting their eyes beat out by, you know, in the Tony Barbie era? Like, no, I, I think I think there's some of that that, you know, yes, it's it's a growing fan base because they're good, but this is also what Auburn does. Auburn fans have shown, you can go to equestrian, you can go to you know, a lot of other sports, like Auburn fans have shown that if you're good at something, they will learn. <laughs> they will they will try hard and they will learn. Getting that banner up there, SEC champion, I mean, that is the real deal accomplishment for, for how good you are in a season. Well, it's just the most banal argument to tell another fan base that they didn't used to sell out their games when they weren't good. Right. I mean, like, how many how many places do that? Here's the thing. Like, SEC ba- – like, hashtag SEC basketball fever was a joke, like, a few years ago. Like, it w- it has not been that far back where it was like, yeah, SEC basketball, if you're not Kentucky, it's kind of terrible. Or if you're not Florida in the Billy Donovan years, it's kind of terrible. You've gotten to a point now, if, you, if you're Auburn basketball, where you went from being one of the – like you said earlier, Pamela, one of the worst programs, not only in the SEC, but one of the worst programs in Power 5 college basketball, period. I mean, you're 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 among the elites this season. It's a combination of NBA talent, excellent college basketball players, with a whole lot of confidence playing in a system that just works for everybody, and a defense that it's an identity. It takes hard work. It takes it takes commitment to play defense. And you know, playing defense like this isn't sexy. Like it's not something that's going to. It's not something that that everybody's going to you know fall all over you for. When you do it as a team like Auburn does, I wrote about it in the observations. Did Ole Miss regress to the mean in the second half? Did Ole Miss, as Bruce said, the way Ole Miss plays their offense, the way they cut like their hair's on fire, try everything at 900 miles an hour? Uh, did that wear them down, especially with the lack of depth they have in the back quarter? Yes, absolutely. But Auburn's defense yanked them down to the mean. Like This was not like, okay, well, they, they just started missing shots that were open. Like No, Auburn... Auburn played elite defense after halftime. They started playing defense like (laughs) Bruce said. Everybody started playing defense like Katie Johnson. Jabari Smith got down in his position, Bruce said, and and made his matchup life miserable, basically. When you unleash all these guys and they're all playing in concert with one another at a high level on both ends of the floor, there's just not a whole lot other teams can do. Now, there are some really talented teams that are going to have some great matchups with Auburn, like Kentucky next week. Down the line, if Auburn crosses past with a Gonzaga or a Baylor or a Houston or a Purdue, Kansas, a Duke, like uh, that would be a whole lot of fun. When Auburn's got it on their day and in their stretch, like there's just they're playing like a team that can that can do whatever it wants. Good vibes from this team. Good vibes only right now. And there's still a lot to be improved upon. Like they can be sloppy with the ball. You've already mentioned getting bogged down in the half court. There were I thought times where they were giving up easy second chance opportunities yeah. to Ole Miss. It's like there's a lot that can be tightened up on a team that looks like one of the best in the country. Again, we keep saying it like Alan Flanagan is still, you know, they're still getting used to having Flanagan out there for heavy minutes. But when you go on the road and you shoot 50% and you have the second half that you did on defense, you're going to win a lot of basketball games that way. And so we'll see. We'll see. Is Auburn the number one team in the country? I, I think they are, um, but I'm not a voter. And I think the numbers show that they are. 
Gonzaga, like where in a week where Baylor lost twice and UCLA lost and some other teams lost in college basketball, and it's like this is a perfect chance for Auburn to jump up. Gonzaga was like, well, what if we scored 110 on two good opponents in back-to-back games? Like that's not going to help Auburn's case to be number one. I'm not saying it's deserved or deserved. That's a, that was a terrible pronunciation. I'm not saying it's deserved from Gonzaga to stay stay ahead, but like I know how pollsters think. A lot of them are going to be looking, you know, when they send out that email Sunday night or Monday morning, uh, spoiler alert, that's what they do, and they, they give, like, a rundown of the scores so people can, you know, can quickly check them when they put in their ballots. They're going to see, oh, wow, Gonzaga scored 225 points this week. Okay, well, you know, they haven't done anything to deserve getting jumped by Auburn. And then when you see Alabama losing twice this, this week, maybe that affects them a little bit. Maybe they look at it and say, oh, Ole Miss, you know, Ole Miss wasn't that great. Uh, record-wise. I think some people are doing a bit, you know. That's fine. There's one guy that's doing a bit. Absolutely, I, I think that, and I respect yeah. it. At this point, I'm not a hater. Uh, keep doing you, buddy. Keep him in the teens. It's fine. Like <laughs> If you're going to do it, really commit. It's fully committing, committing to the bit. Like I want I Auburn to keep winning and be on like a 21-game win streak and him be like, mm, 16th. 16th. <laughs> you know what? I think. I think right now – they're starting to come together as a team, and and maybe maybe just maybe if they they pull through, they'll be fine. They win can the conference. Talk? I can say top fifteen. Can we talk about the Tevin Brown thing? Oh, incredible work! Incredible that, work by him. I love how organic some of this has been. Okay, so the the you lost, and not all of you are on Twitter. It's like the the you lost to memes. The memes where Auburn comes in and invades people's. Uh, uh, post game tweets their final score tweets. We've got we've got social media accounts turning off replies. We've got people deleting tweets out here. Uh, I respect the gamesmanship, but we're coming. Ole Miss, Ole Miss deleted their tweet because they had the score wrong in the graphic, which was funny. They had Ole Miss winning eighty to seventy. I'm sure it was an accident. I'm sure they weren't worried about the ratio. Um, and then so they caught it again. Uh, yeah, they didn't think we were going to notice. Like we weren't gonna, oh, this is just another dessert. Okay, that uh, Auburn University, the athletics department, is now selling official gear about you, know, you just lost to Auburn's social media mob, um, which is pretty funny that the that the, uh, the the basketball team itself is trying to cash in on that. I mean, that's like it, it was fun. It was fun to see. Like it's it's Landon it's King got in on it. Landon King putting out like one of the most. Uh, uh, niche memes like possible was was hilarious which is one of the reasons why when i hear players shout coaches, out to pablo and lonnie yeah when i see coaches and players say oh we don't pay attention to that stuff it's like <laughs> oh, well, do you? You're, you're, this basketball team knows it and they pay attention to it um i think bruce has said and bruce said on tiger talk recently like he, he he knows about the tweets and he's and he sees the the excitement our um, god emperor the uh yeah and it, again it was something that was like Gotta keep in mind when this started a couple, a few seasons ago. This was a, um, this was an NBA Twitter thing. There was a stretch where like every NBA Twitter account would get bombarded in replies, like after games from other fans, like you just lost you, and they would like put like some some like role player on their team, like um, you know, uh, with laser eyes and stuff like that. And then Auburn fan, there was an Auburn fan that brought it over, and it kind of took on a, a life of its own, and it's continued. And then it's gotten like there's been so many ways where it's branched off where you know Auburn gymnastics, uh, you know gymnastics fans are, are are got after Arkansas. By the way, great great performance um, 
from the Tigers on the road. Uh, they went to Bud Walton, and like I think Arkansas came close to selling that thing out, which was really cool to see. Um, anyway, uh, so if you if you missed it earlier in the year, Auburn played uh, earlier season. Auburn played Murray State, and Auburn beat Murray State, and Auburn fans invaded Murray State's mentions as they do. Um, and then Murray State ended up deleting the tweet, and that. Auburn fans did not take well to that. Um, so they started tweeting pretty much anything Murray State would tweet out, They would that Auburn fans would kind of invade it. And it had nothing to do with Auburn or anything like that. There were a lot of accounts that were blocked. Uh, it was a war. It was a war. Auburn fans were not letting it up. And, I mean, they, they played, let's see, they played Murray State uh, December 22nd. So this was going on for, for nearly a month at this point. Tevin Brown, who played for Murray State uh, in that game, uh, one of the more experienced and one of the best uh, shooting guards in mid-major college basketball, um, from, by the way, uh, he is he is from Fairhope, so he's an Alabama native. Um, he, on his own, uh, reportedly, from from our guy Bennett, Ben Dogdorando, uh, just tweeted the final score of the game. And then all these Auburn fans came in and were like, all right, that's a truce. We've settled it. Like, thank you. And uh, Murray State got involved in it. They unblocked a lot of accounts. And then Murray State went uh, earlier in the week, uh, Thursday night, Murray State's, and, and, and also Saturday because they have the weird Thursday-Saturday schedule in, in the OVC sometimes. Um, they beat Tennessee State and then they beat Belmont and Auburn fans are tweeting Devin Brown memes at teams that lose to Murray State. It's incredible. It is it is incredible to see that kind of uh that kind of of teamwork. Uh a whole lot of fun. And by the way, um Murray State 14 and 2 right now off of a big big 22 point win at Belmont. Uh a lot of Auburn fans going to be rooting for the Racers the rest of the way. It's all about the friends you make along the way. And sure, we'll make a couple more enemies, but we've got a uh, we've got an ally here. Got the peacemaker, Tevin Brown. He's he's he is uh, becoming a cult hero of the Auburn fan base. So uh, Auburn, Georgia, uh, coming up on uh, on Wednesday night. Not going to get dig too too deep into a preview of this one. Georgia's lost six straight. Uh, they just lost to Vanderbilt by seven at home. Uh, they lost by 16 at Mississippi State. They lost by 15 at Kentucky. They lost by two to A&M. They're not getting the doors blown off of them. But I mean, some of the losses they've had this year have not been great. Gardner-Webb, East Tennessee State, George Mason. Uh, this Georgia team is 5-12. and 12. They are clearly the worst team in the SEC, which who would have been surprised heading into the year with all the guys they left. Not great on defense. Decent on offense. They they have some guys that can that can uh, that can put it in uh, from close range. They take a lot of free throws. So they're going to have an offense that requires them that you know it's going to take a really good effort for them to get blown out. But Ken Palm has Auburn projected to win ninety to sixty five. And like we said earlier, Painter, it is the Katie Johnson game. Katie Johnson gets to play his former head coach and his former team, a coach um, who's known for being affable. Well liked by many of his former players who would not coach transfer that, away. A coach that didn't start him. Keep that in mind. He did not start at any point last season for them. Um, you Somehow know how bad with uh, with the number one pick in the 
draft who's now very good in the NBA. <laughs> who's, now, who's now become one of the most fun players to watch in basketball. Yeah, Auburn beat uh, Georgia by 18 at home last year, but if you remember correctly, they, they scored a lot of points in Auburn one in I mean, Georgia won in Auburn Arena last season. And I know this is a completely different Auburn team and this is a completely different Georgia team, but... If you mean um, completely different, you mean there will be no second Georgia victory this season. No, I, I, I'm I'm having a hard time believing that that's going to happen. Uh, this, uh, yeah, it's a chance for revenge. It's a chance to put yourself in the very best position before you play before you play Kentucky next Saturday. Um, Lord knows the way they give it to us in football. It's nice to be able to give it back in a different sport. But again, like here's the thing: you're going to get everybody's best shot. So, like, if Georgia comes out and plays really well and hangs in there, like, I don't think anyone should be surprised. Like, this is. This is kind of what this what this team is bringing out in 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 other and other opponents, but yeah, just this Georgia team, by far the worst in in the SEC this season, um, and it's it's not particularly close. Um, they have, what what the you only... just mentioned might be a little bit of a nuisance at times because Auburn is going to end up in some dogfights against teams that it feels like they probably shouldn't, but come tournament time, they'll have played almost an entire season of basketball in which every game has this heightened sense of importance because it certainly does to the opponent oh yeah oh yeah there's there there is no doubt about that um but i mean this 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 georgia defense is 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 abysmal like <laughs> yeah we should cut through them yeah this is this should not be much of an issue for the tigers so um that will be wednesday night late one wednesday night in the arena like i said um 90 something bucks to even get into the place uh to 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 watch auburn georgia on Wednesday night. We'll talk a little football before we wrap this one up. Um, but before we do that, Painter, let's give him the pitch. Um, if you're listening to this, uh, we thank you uh, for, for, for checking us out. A lot of you are subscribed to the Observer. Pretty big week for Observer subscriptions, by the way. A lot of you are excited about this basketball team and, and are signing up, which is really, really cool to see. Um, but if you're not yet, Auburn Observer, $6 a month, $60 a year. If you like this podcast, you want more of it, a subscription gets you a bonus podcast. You get twice as much of the podcast, uh, but you get a bonus podcast once a week. Uh, it usually comes out on Thursdays, um, so it's basically like another podcast, uh, like another one like this, I should say. Um, so you can sign up and do that there, and you get all of the newsletters as well, analysis of Auburn basketball and football, and hopefully um, we do it in a way and a style that you can't find anywhere else. And uh, we appreciate all of you who have jumped on board here recently and joined the inner circle. And we'd love to have more of you on here. Uh, so good time of year to do it. It's going to be a lot of basketball if you're excited about this team. But there's also a way to help us out, Painter, that costs absolutely no money at all. Tell them about it. Rate, review, subscribe, people. Rate, review, subscribe. It takes like 20 seconds. Come on. All you got to do is go to Apple Podcast, pull up the pull up the app, bottom right hand corner click the little search bar type in the auburn observer click the auburn observer scroll down to ratings and reviews hit write a review give us five stars say something nice about painter and uh, we will uh we will really really uh appreciate that we would really appreciate that uh all of your help uh would be very um uh, beneficial helps more people find the show and it helps more people get in the door and it helps more people um you know buy subscriptions and you know, uh, allows us to keep doing this. Uh, I'd never condone really, really rating, reviewing, and subscribing while driving, but let's say you did it 
while you're listening to this in your car at a stoplight. Yeah, you can do that. That's easy. That's easy. And if you're on uh, Spotify, or if you just have Spotify, you can give us five stars on Spotify as well. Can't write a review, but um, you can give us five stars on Spotify. That helps us out a lot as well. We've got two new reviews to read because we're very, very, very people. You ready, Painter? Yes. Somebody gave us a three-star review. All right. That's fair. You got to do what you got to do. They didn't write. They didn't write it though. They just gave us three stars. So we for a while it was either four. It was either four or five. Now we're now we've got a a, a lone three somewhere. So it's important hey. to be kept humble. And here's the thing about a, about three stars. You know what? It's still, you know, we could still it still earns us a scholarship on a lot of teams. So we'll we'll take the three stars. Uh, this is from Drew Mac twenty eighty one says get on board now. Absolutely, lose the podcast for the freshly squeezed content. Love that pun. Uh, Ferg and Painter bring with any show. Uh, if you aren't a member of the Inner Circle, you need to do it right now. Love the show, guys, and keep up the good work. Thank you so much, Drew, um, for for help for helping us out with that review. WLBATL says second review. This is their second review. It's now a ten star podcast. Basketball coverage is second to none. Painters post Bama hoops glow almost hurt my eyes because podcasting is visual medium, but it was worth it. Keep it up, fellas. That's right. I had multiple people tell me this week, Painter, that they were just giddy listening to you after that. I mean, they really were living in my head because for the, for a while there, there was a nice little moment where I was like, Auburn has a thing. We've got a niche. It's basketball. And then they had that season last year and I couldn't stop thinking about how important this season was in that, uh, in that pony race between the two programs. We are going to throttle them in Auburn arena. All right. Well, before you do that, Auburn's got a lot of, a lot of spots they have left to hit, but we want everybody to be comfortable. You know what? It is it is it is cold out. It is currently snowing um in uh in in, in most of the uh the southeast. No, Atlanta's really getting it right now too. Um you want to be prepared. It's cold outside, y'all. Uh and we want you to be at your most comfortable. So for that, we're going to turn to our friends from homefieldapparel.com. Homefield Apparel, the number one place to get and the most premium apparel with the best vintage college logos that you're going to find anywhere. Look, the good brand, they keep doing it. Uh, they're in Big News Saturday right now. A lot of basketball schools getting rolled out here over the next uh, you know, several weeks. Auburn's been on it. Auburn was one of the original adopters. Some may call Auburn the original basketball school that was on uh, home field. Uh, I don't care what you say about Indiana. You can get an Auburn basketball T-shirt. Saw several of these in Oxford um, on Saturday of uh, Sailor Albee doing the Vince Carter, putting his arm through the rim. That's on a beautiful navy sweatshirt. You've also got Side Eye Albee, our, our personal favorite, Painter's personal favorite, on a T-shirt or a gray hoodie. Their hoodies are the best in the business, bar none. There's another cool Auburn basketball shirt from it with a 1965 design on it. Also got a hoodie with a with the eagle flying through it. Uh, some really good crew necks as well that you can get, including that uh, that Sailor Albee one as well on navy. Lot of top-notch stuff at homefieldapparel.com for Auburn fans. If you've never made an order at Homefield before and you would like to take advantage of it now, go there, homefieldapparel.com, fill up your cart, and then put OBSERVER, in all caps, OBSERVER, in the uh, promo code portion when you're checking out. Get 15% off your first order. They're adding new schools, like I said, all the time. Um, if there is a small school or even a not so small school that's important to you or somebody in your life, Homefield's got you covered. Um, 
There's a big one for me coming up here recently, or here here in the near future. It's like it's it's, it's coming. I can't wait to can't wait to uh, to enjoy that addition to the, to the lineup. But they got they got our Troy Trojans on there as well. So if you're if you're a Troy if you're one of the Troy people who listen to this this podcast, you can check that out. But yeah, a lot of great Auburn stuff. It is honestly the most comfortable and the uh, and, and and the coolest looking apparel you're going to find anywhere related to Auburn. And we are glad we are on board with the good brand. Homefieldapparel.com. Like I said, Observer, 15% off uh, is the promo code there on your first order. Banner, we have gone long already, um, so we're not going to take too, too much more of your time. But we need to talk a little football uh, before we let all of you go. This is a big weekend for visits um, with a lot of transfers uh, and some other ones that are there. While we were recording this, I think later this afternoon, uh, Oregon transfer cornerback DJ James is set to make his decision. It seems like Auburn is the favorite there. That would be another defensive back the Tigers could pick up. Especially with the Eric Reed situation going on, I don't know what all is 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 happening there. I'm not going to pretend like I know all the inner details there, but maybe in the portal, maybe not, maybe going from Auburn, maybe staying. Uh, but it looks like Auburn's going to get yet another <laughs> yet another Oregon player from the state of Alabama. Um, could be coming in and, and like this massive like weird trade that they've made with with Bo Nix uh, in, in the Bo Nix deal. Um, Robbie Ashford is also a guy uh, could be getting in the mix. Auburn could be uh, in the hunt for here. Uh, and it, people may remember him from his days at Hoover, uh, former quarterback uh, for the Bucks and a really good baseball player as well. Um, so some more recruiting news coming. This is Guys have got to be enrolled here pretty quickly, um, so you're going to see a lot. You're going to see a rush of transfer decisions here quickly because you got to be in in time for if you want to be in spring ball. This is the time to to get it. Now some of these guys aren't going to be available until after the spring, but I think you might see a rush uh, here moving forward. Romello Height uh, in the portal. Um, been some other ones that have jumped in since we last talked, uh, but Auburn's still in a solid spot right now with the 85 man count. Um, they still have a lot of room left to add to this class a few weeks from national signing day. It's a lot of stuff there, there, but it's just, I think the thing right now, Painter is the roster is continually evolving and changing and shifting. And there's a lot of wait and see right now for Auburn football. And you know what? It's January. Auburn basketball could be the number one team in the country. It's clear that basketball is taking, taking the, taking the driver's seat right now, but you know, football. There's a lot of hard work going on behind the scenes because Auburn's Auburn's got a lot of talent they need to bring into the into the fold here over the next few weeks and months. Yeah, they got a lot of work to do to make this a competitive roster in the SEC West. They do. Yeah. <laughs> the The interesting thing is, so Austin. We talked about Austin Traxel and Nick Browns. We talked about it on the Premium Podcast coming back. You're now at a point where, you know, Auburn's going to try to get offensive line transfers. Like, I don't think they're going to stand pat. I think they know that the number situation there and, and, and the way they've played here recently, you know, they, they could always use more talent up front. But I do think now, I think the more pressing concern for Auburn right now is a wide receiver. And I don't know if you feel the same way necessarily, but it's like, you know, with Keandre Jones and Zaire and, and Brahms and Troxel and, and – you know, there's a number of guys that we'll see about Alec Jackson and Brandon Council, and you know, there, there's a number of guys that uh, on the offensive line that at least have some starting experience. It's just wide receiver, you're really, really thin right now, and so 
you talk about the future of Auburn's offense and the passing game. What do they do at quarterback? What do they do if if a player comes into the portal? Um, Mario Williams is transferring to USC. I think that's almost just a guarantee that Caleb's about to go there as well. We'll see. But um, you know, I, I always felt like Auburn was kind of a long shot for for Caleb. But they 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 got in the hunt. I mean, they they did their they did they did some work to to get into the mix for sure. Um, from from what I've been able to gather, uh, they they got to get a wide receiver in there. It's just there's a lot of really good receivers that have that Auburn has gone after here in recent weeks, and they just decided to go elsewhere. And I think part of it is is that uh, there's a lot of people trying to figure out what Auburn's going to look like at quarterback, and and you know going to go playing with Spencer Rattler at South Carolina uh, makes more sense, or going and and, and staying at uh, at LSU with what they've got. On, on the offensive side of the ball coming back in 2022 makes sense for some of these guys. So Auburn's fighting an uphill battle here for, for, for wide receivers. Yeah, I don't have much more to add on that front. I'm living off a high that is <laughs> Auburn basketball. I'll just let the football news come as it comes. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a good way to look at it. I mean, football's always going to have a, a high level of attention around here. But, I mean, when your basketball team, you're in the middle of, the middle of hoop season and your basketball team has a chance to be number one in the country, that's where that's where the money's getting made right now. Um, and like I said, we we had quite a few people sign up for the Observer this week on the strength of basketball alone. Um, so uh, we're we're going to continue to hammer that home. But yes, there will be Auburn football news. We will continue to stay on top of things. If uh, you want to keep track of whatever is going on with uh, Auburn bas- or Auburn football and the roster situation, we've got a roster tracker up on uh, on the Observer. If you're a subscriber, you can. You can get access to that kind of a position by position look. comes with a comes with a nice little spreadsheet that keeps everything in track. Um, so we've been updating that for quite a while now, and um, we'll continue to keep that updated throughout the off season. But that is kind of the big one there for uh, for for Auburn football. So wanted to hit, highlight some of that a, l- a little bit with the James uh, decision coming up. By the time you're listening to this podcast. Uh, that decision might already be made. He are, he might already be an Auburn commitment. We shall see. Um, but I think Auburn's going to be pushing hard for, for some more transfers, and you might have some more uh, decisions coming up in the near near future. All right, that'll do it. Uh, thank you guys for staying with us. Uh, hope you all are staying warm and staying safe wherever you are. Um, snow's really coming down out, out here right now in Mississippi, so it's going to be a fun trip back uh, to Auburn. Uh, sign up for, for the Observer. Uh, auburnobserver.com $6 a month or $60 a year gets you all the newsletters and twice the amount of podcast and uh, we will have a lot more from what should be another big week for Auburn basketball with rival Georgia and then the Kentucky Wildcats coming to town on Saturday that'll do it Painter final thoughts circle the wagons